1: Nita Aljaborin has been watching the news out of Ukraine. The scenes of families pouring over the border, more than three million since the Russian invasion began, three weeks and one day ago.
2: I see myself and these kids. I went through this. I exactly fear a pain. I know how that feels. And I really hate to see other family like leaving home, maybe like leaving part of their hearts in there.
1: Nita fled her home in Syria when she was just 13. So she has an idea of what's next for Ukrainian kids whose lives have changed forever in an instant. This is not an easy
2: experience and this is not fun, but it will definitely shape who you're going to be in the future
1: and it will definitely teach you a lot. Nida is one of three people I talked with this week about the experience of being a refugee, what it feels like, how it shapes you.
0: I'm Viet Tan Nguyen.
1: He fled Vietnam when he was four. He's now an author and professor. My name is
2: Nida Aljabaran.
0: We
1: heard from her a moment ago. She left Syria as a seventh grader.
3: My first name is uh, Mai Wand, and my last name is uh, Basiri. A translator who'd worked for U.S. forces. He flew out of Kabul with his wife and son,
1: hours before the Afghan government fell to the Taliban. He loved his life
3: there, he told me. My life was simple, beautiful life. I had a beautiful family.
1: Simple is the same word Nita used to describe her life in Syria. It was very simple.
2: Um, Me, my parents, and my siblings lived outside of like a village, surrounded by like olive trees. We would walk to school every day. Um, It was very like simple, peaceful life.
1: Viet doesn't remember much about his life in Vietnam, but there are things that nearly 50 years later stay with him.
0: I'm not even sure that they're real, but the fragments I have are all actually mostly related to war, like meeting an American soldier bouncing on his knee or thinking I've seen a a tank in the streets with uh, North Vietnamese soldiers on it because our town was the first one captured in the final invasion of 1975.
1: For many Ukrainians right now, the decision to flee has been abrupt. One day you're safe, the next you're not. We heard that sudden urgency and the stories of each of the people we talked to, including my wand. Tell me about the day that you left.
3: Uh, it was very chaotic because before leaving Afghanistan, I was. Uh, uh, I did not want to actually come to America because uh, I always thought that, you know, uh, life is. Uh, Not easy, especially starting everything from scratch. Uh, But uh, provinces were falling and uh, areas were taken over by uh, the uh, Taliban. So uh, me and my family decided that I could be an easy target because I worked so long for the American forces. But uh, we did not know that it's going to happen so fast. Even when I got to the uh, airport Uh, I did not know that after 24 hours, everything will collapse. So did you know when you left that that
1: you wouldn't be going back, at least for for a long time?
3: Uh, No. Uh, I always thought, like in the back of my mind, I always thought that there's a bridge uh, that connects me back to my uh, home country. But uh, when I got to Doha, there I saw in the news that what's going on in Afghanistan. And that moment I thought that that bridge that connects me back to my home country is destroyed for now.
1: Uh. And you saw that where? On a, on a TV in the airport? Or yes,
3: at the airport. I was waiting to uh, get to another flight from Doha to D.C. And uh, at the airport, I did not have a phone to uh, call back uh, my parents, and I panicked. I borrowed someone else's phone, and I called them, and I said, what's going on? I want to come back. I don't want to go with my flight to all the way to D.C., and... My parents said that, don't worry, uh, for right now, nothing is is, is bad. And uh, you're uh, returning back to Kabul, it's not going to affect anything. So uh, the better option would be to uh, go ahead and Uh. uh, go to America.
1: So your instinct was, I should go home, I got to get back to Kabul, and your parents were saying, no, go, 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 be safe. Yes. For Nida, it was war, but also a series of tragedies that pushed the family into leaving their home in Dara, Syria. How did your family decide to leave?
2: My family at first actually did not want to leave um, until um, one day my eldest brother got an asthma attack, and so we had to drive him to the hospital. And so... That night, I remember it was really tough because I could hear the shootings. I could hear the bombings everywhere. And so it was hard to leave the home and take him to the hospital. And an hour way, before we arrived there, they stopped us and they told us that we can't enter the hospital because there's a lot of bombings. So my brother ended up passing away before he got to the hospital. And then a few months after, my dad also got shot in his leg. And then our neighbor's house got burned out with the people in them and so at that point really my parents were like yeah we can see our like how it's gonna keep going so oh my gosh my dad made the decision like the night before we left and then I just woke up like four in the morning and my mom told me yeah today we have to leave so we just took like few clothes with us and then i remember there was like a van and there was a full of people like there was already six families in there and we were just all like squeezing in there and we had to like be covered so <laughs> no one can catch us we sneaked out of syria to al camp this
1: is in jordan yes both nita and viet ended up in refugee camps after they left their homes you arrive, Fort Indian Town Gap, Pennsylvania. This is summer
0: of 1975. What's your first memory there? What do you remember? I remember the barracks. And of course, when you're young and your parents are taking care of you and you're surrounded by other children, it can actually seem like fun, uh, a fun kind of a camp. But of course, that wasn't the reality. And uh, I, I've certainly seen photographs in retrospect of a time in those camps. And there were lots and lots of people. Uh, our lives were completely displaced. People had lost everything, so the pictures show people just trying to adjust to their new realities when their new realities were really devastating.
1: People who'd lost everything. That's a pretty good description for what Nita's family faced, too, in that refugee camp in Jordan.
2: They gave us like a tent and some blankets, food, um, and they told us, yeah, this is your new home. And I was like, no way, <laughs> this is not what I want to live. But it was... I was thankful that I was able to escape out of the war. It was, I was just like, at that point in my life, I, I was just so sad. I, I was like, this is it. Like, I left my rest of my families. I left my cousins. I left my uncles. What? What is this? There's no friends here. There's no family here. But...
1: But you are you were safe.
2: Yeah, I think my I was like, I think my parents made the right decision.
1: Even the right decisions come at a price. But each of the people I talk to has built a new life. Nita will graduate from Syracuse University in the spring having studied pre-med. She wants to work with refugees. My wand is helping other refugees get settled here in the US with Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service. And Viet won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction and is a professor at the University of Southern California. 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 All are settled now, but their identities will forever be tied to being a refugee. And that's on each of their minds as they watch the images of people leaving Ukraine.
3: When I see children are suffering, when I see women and elderly are suffering, it gives me all the images that I have uh, from my own country. And uh, as a human being, wherever we are, if you're in America, if you're in Europe, Uh, We should have open arms for the Ukrainians and we should feel their pain. And I can feel their pain uh, more than anyone else because uh, I come from a country that's been torn apart by war. So uh, I urge uh, people to uh, have respect for the refugees that they arrive in seeking refuge, looking for a safe future.
0: I can only say to them that I feel for them. I've been in their place and it's a place of... Terror, because you 've lost so much you 've left so much behind, and you don 't know what the future holds for you, and none of us knows what the future holds for them. but I would say that, uh, looking at my own experience among Vietnamese refugees, many of us remain traumatized by what happened, but as a community we we survived and we, we built new lives and we were able, we are able to tell our own stories and claim our own voices. Part of the story is that not
1: all refugees have been welcomed with open arms. That is something Nita noted. Refugees
2: are refugees regardless of where they came from or what colors their eyes or how they look. I think all refugees just should receive the same respect and help from anywhere they go to. It shouldn't be like... More sad to see Ukraine's refugees than Syrians or anywhere else, because at the end, we're all humans.
1: The task ahead for the humans rushing out of Ukraine is rebuilding their lives, finding a sense of place, of home. I questioned Nita and my wand about that. If I were to ask you, where is home? What would you say?
3: Where is home? Where is home? Home is where you're safe. You're secure and you're now worried that something's going to bad happen to your family. That's home.
1: Does America feel like home now? Yeah. Honestly,
2: if we are going to define home at first, it's the place that provides you with security. It provides you with all the resources that you need to grow up.
1: The refugees leaving Ukraine must look forward to new homes for now, even as the ones they've left behind, the country they've left behind, still call. Nita wrote about that in a poem, and she shared it with me as we concluded our conversation.
2: I set a foot in the street, not knowing why my body needs. My thoughts fight among themselves, bleeding into tears. I don't recognize the look in my grandfather's eyes. He looks as if he's about to face his worst fear. The fear turns into a teardrop. He takes his glasses off. But the tear is stubborn. It refuses to leave his face. Oh, grandfather, our house key is lost, and the doors cry for those who left.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Stearns & Foster. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted for irresistible comfort with indulgent memory foam and ultra-conforming IntelliCoils for your most comfortable sleep. Learn more at StearnsAndFoster.com.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Edward Jones. What is rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. Edward Jones Financial Advisors are people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
1: Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media?